glasses are crooked anyway. <laughs> it's okay. Hey, ladies and gentlemen, I have on the awesome Michelle. I totally forgot your last name. Not the Evans. Evans. We got connected from, I guess, the whole Save Women's Sports ordeal. Do you want to go into that? How did you get connected with Save Women's Sports to begin with? Uh, well, in November of 2021, it was reported that a local high school was kind of allowing a free-for-all as far as boys in girls' spaces using their changing rooms or locker rooms or restrooms, um, having to share um, hotel rooms with them potentially on school-sponsored trips. So that was reported in one of our state newspapers, and I wanted to bring that issue up at a school board meeting in November. So I reached out to um, a contact at Texas Values, um, and they got me connected with Beth from Save Women Sports, who then got me connected with um, a whole bunch of mm -hmm. awesome people. I don't think that she knew that you and I lived so close together, but yeah, I don't think so. Um, not. Yeah, it was great because you came. You showed up to the school board meeting. You spoke brilliantly. Um, but what I liked most about you is that you <laughs> you are like a conservative in disguise. <laughs> yep, I know. <laughs> you you catch people off guard, which is great. Like I'm sure yep. all of the uh, the people from the other side who are in that school board meeting were like, "Oh, one of us is with them." you know, infiltrated them. And then you got up and just shut them down. So it was great. That's hilarious. That was been my plan all along. Not really a plan. It just kind of <laughs> happened that way. Um, yeah, I guess we can cut this out if, it, uh, if it's too personal, but you have kids in the local school, like that school district or that school exactly? We live in the school district. Um, none of my kids currently go to school in our, um, our school district schools because my oldest, um, she's a teenager. She'll be 15 in September. She actually requested to be removed from her middle school. It's a pretty low performing school. And she uh, went to a school board, a couple of school board meetings with me and was like, no, nah, this is not for me. Hmm. Um, and then my middle child goes to Texas school for the deaf. So she's in downtown Austin, just based on her needs. And then my youngest, uh, we're kind of, we're playing around with different, um, schooling for him to see what works. Yeah. Wow. So what else are you connected with? Um, I guess you've been going to some rallies and whatnot at the Capitol because I just went to the recent one with you, but I know you've been going right. to the other ones there that I, I mean, there's so much stuff going on in Austin. It's, it's insane. It's, I feel that it, like it's very similar to uh, SoCal because I was following all these Patriots and all this madness going on in Southern California. I mean, obviously it's going on pretty much everywhere, but when I was living in the Bay area, I wanted to like go out and rally and go out, do all this stuff, but I, there isn't really stuff going on in San Francisco. It's kind of quiet, which is bizarre, but mm -hmm. it seems very similar. Like it's very loud here. And like, as we saw, I love how I asked you a question. I keep on talking. That's um, okay. <laughs> as, as we saw on the rally on Sunday, which two events were or three multiple, um, which reminds me of Washington, how many people pick it there, but uh, there's a, a rally to, you have to explain that one, you know, what we went for. And then across the street, the trans one, which was huge. We could hear them hooting, hollering across the street, or, I mean, across the way, which by the way, like, of course, there's, they're going to have more people on their side. It's like bored kids that like want to stand for something finally in their life and like having to like stick it to parents 
Like, of course, kids are going to flock to this uh, political agenda and they don't even realize it because it's fun. Right. It's the weekend. Why not? It kind of um, it coincided with a couple of different things. So recently, I think it was two or three weeks ago, our attorney general, Ken Paxton, um, was asked to uh, issue an opinion, which he does all the time. He has issued dozens of opinions in his time as attorney general. And he's kind of touched on this issue previously, but not in depth. So the issue was whether or not um, gender modification surgery, so reassignment surgery, whatever you want to call it, cross-sex hormones, wrong sex hormones, puberty blockers, and double mastectomies, uh, phalloplasties, things like that. Right. Whether those procedures for uh, minors could be considered child abuse. Now, his opinion is not legally binding. It doesn't say go out and persecute any parents. It doesn't give any action. It just says, according to statute and according to case law and precedent, yes, this can be considered child abuse. Um, His main argument was that it has already been um, ruled in previous cases that the one of the fundamental human rights that we have is the right to procreate the right to reproduce that is a liberty that we are um, granted by god and should not be denied and his argument is that because these procedures have the potential and the, the the large risk of sterility and infertility and that's irreversible then you are um, violating a child's constitutional rights or God-given rights, natural rights by um, uh, prescribing these treatments, these procedures. Yeah. So in response, <laughs> there was a pretty strong, as you can imagine, opposition response. Uh, a lawsuit was filed, Doe versus Abbott, wherein um, a parent of a quote-unquote transgender child Um, wanted to prevent being investigated by the Department of Family and Protective Services. And so they went to court um, and I believe the court issued a stop to any sort of enforcement or investigation. Meanwhile, we, um, I say we, we're kind of a a large um, heterogeneous group of parents and activists, detransitioners, desisters, um, feminists came together to to I'm on the Capitol steps to thank the attorney general for finally stepping in where our legislature and our governor has, has yet to act. Um, and so we had dueling rallies. Of course, they were really, they were like, right. Way across. <laughs> so that their rally was specifically for, um, I regret his name, the guy that said something, uh, obvious. What is his name? Ken. Ken Paxton. Yeah. yeah. So that their rally was uh, supposed to be. Their rally point. was specifically um, targeting the governor who had asked okay. A.G. Paxton to issue the opinion. So okay. they protested at the governor's mansion, which is Caddy Corner from the Capitol. Wait, um, so the rally against the guy that simply asked the question, not the answer. Right. Because right. <laughs> yeah, it burst right. a bubble. We all know what it is. Well, violence is or speech is violence. Right. Yeah, so you can't even can't even ask these ask questions. The question. and, yeah. And they're misguided. So they're, you know, this, and you and I talked about it that afternoon. Like I, I don't want parents to be persecuted because parents for the most part are acting under duress. 
They're yeah. being told by therapists, by school counselors, by other parents, by the media that if you don't do this for your child, your child's going to commit suicide, which is absolutely false. So, but it's, it's these predatory hospitals, providers, organizations, pharmaceutical companies that are teaching kids and parents that this is normal, that, you know, these painful procedures, that they're fine, these irreversible um, treatments, this gender affirming, quote unquote, healthcare is in the best interest of everyone. And so I would, I would prefer to see these providers investigated over yeah. parents. Exactly. It's kind of like the uh, prostitution industry uh, or, you know, investigate and arrest the pimps and whatnot, not the prostitutes. It's similar right. in that respect. Right. Wow. So, I mean, when did you get involved in all this? You know, when did you start seeing it pop up? I don't know. Have you, are you born and raised in Texas? Like yes. when did you start seeing, I'm, I'm going to have to assume it's all the COVID madness, but since <laughs> you have kids in school or did have kids in school, when did you start seeing, I guess, was it just that paper you were talking about? Or um, just, well, I'd kind of assumed I'd, I'd sort of stepped out of um, any sort of knowledge and and um, participation in legislature and politics back in 2016 to focus on my family. And I had kind of heard about the bathroom bills and I just assumed that they had been passed or that problem had been solved and this wasn't an issue. Mm -hmm. um, so when it came up at my local school district, I was like, okay, this, something is going on. And sort of rewind a couple of years at the very beginning of COVID, my oldest daughter was um, going through puberty. She was 11, I think, yeah, 11. And she confided in me that she was um, attracted to girls. Mm -hmm. And I wanted to provide her like a safe place to, to sort of talk that out and um, come to some sort of decision, I guess. Mm -hmm. and, and none of it would be finalized, but I was like, you know, you're not old enough to do anything on it anyway. So just you know, kind of deal with your, your curiosity. Mm -hmm. Um, but then a couple months after that, she scooted this button across the kitchen Island at me and it said, my pronouns are they, them. And, my Aww. initial reaction and the reaction that I went with. She didn't say anything. It was just that. It was just that. She was just very, she's nervous. You know, she's I'm not sure. very confrontational. And I said, no. Um, and she asked why. And I said, well, you know, I created you. I carried you. I birthed you and I've raised you. I know what you are. And I know that you cannot change that. I said, you can love whoever you want to love. Yeah. And that's fine by me but we are not going to change biology. We're not going to change reality. We're not going to change grammar. This is something that is not changeable. Yeah. Right. This is not, this is not realistic. And not long after that, she kind of, I mean, she went through this like, well, bisexual, pansexual, whatever. Mm -hmm. She was learning these definitions and kind of trying to find something to latch onto. And then this bathroom issue came up mm. and the sports issue came up because that went through, we went through four um, legislative sessions this year, this past year. Um, and the save women's sports bill came up repeatedly and finally passed in the third special session. Um, and I talked to my daughter about that 
And at first she was like, well, the people should be able to play on whatever sport team they want to play on. And I explained to her that the opportunities that women miss out on the differences biologically, um, you know, skeletally, everything between a man and a woman and a light went off in her head. Right. She just was kind of like, I get it now. And then the bathroom thing came up and she was like, wait a second. Why do they want to use my bathroom? Like, I don't want to see that. I don't want anybody to see me. And so she's, um, she's not grappling with her, her orientation anymore, but she's starting to understand, like, this is a completely separate issue. Hmm, This is, you know, I, I think at first it was sort of a peer contagion kind of thing. And she's realized that, that this was, it was misguided. Wow. Amazing. Thank God for that. Does she have a phone? I have a question. She does. Yes. Take the phone away. (laughs) I mean, honestly, if you're a parent, I don't know how you could possibly take the phone away at this point and not have them go completely the opposite end or, you know, do exactly what you want them to not do. Right. So we have an agreement. Mm -hmm. Um, You have this phone, but it is my phone. Is she? That's an oh. absolute no. Oh, and okay. That's a hard no. She has an Instagram. I'm linked to it. So I know who she talks to. Um, and I, you know, she rarely ever uses it except to look at reels sometimes. Um, she does a lot of like Minecraft kind of stuff. She's a very level headed kid a little bit mature for her grade because she's a late September birthday. So she's older mm. than everybody. Mm. Um, but she's got a good head on her shoulders. Um, but yeah, the phone is, <laughs> the phone is a battle. I'm sure. Gosh, even having the internet around, I mean, kids almost always, I'm curious if she's able to create another account and you don't even know it. Like I remember back in the, I had a AOL, my parents had like parental timed settings and I was mm. able to just log into their account and change the time thing. They don't, they don't, they didn't know I was doing that. Like yeah. kids always find a way. I feel like not that like guilt trip you and be like, no, 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 no. And we chat, like, if I, if I suspect something's going on or if I have some sort of concerns, then um, I take the phone and I just look through it. I know her passcode. And so we can look through her history. And I'm only that. asking, cause I'm curious where she got the, did you ask her, where did you get that idea that you're, what, what was the pronoun pen? They, them, they, them. Yeah. Did you ask her, where did you get that idea? Absolutely school. Oh, school. Shit. Yeah. yeah. There's a, a, a female at her, the school that she was going to who um, now identifies as male and the school calls her by her new name. And, um, but she still plays on female sports teams. So God, it's so it, confusing. What grade it is, is this again? Uh, she's an eighth now. Ay, ay, ay. I mean, it's just the easiest way to get immediate attention. I know this is so repetitive, obviously. But yeah. I mean, what kid would not want to, you know, if you don't get enough attention at home, which I assume it spawns from that, um, or you don't get the accurate attention for your needs, because everyone has different needs, and one person may require less, one, one may, may require more. I have five siblings, and we we may have the same parents, my siblings and I, but... I've, you know, the older I get, the more I realize that me and my other, one of my other sisters, I think we definitely required more attention. Not that we, 
I don't know, whatever. It's just interesting how people have different levels of needs and attention. Um, and I kind of, you know, I had this notion um, when she slid that button over to me, I, I asked her cause she, her dad and I are divorced. So um, she sees him every other weekend and his parents and everything. And I said, are you going to ask your dad to mm-hmm. do that for you? And she said, no. I said, are you going to ask Grammy and pops? And she said, no. And I was like, well, then why are you asking me? What, what asking you what to go by this pronouns? Right. Okay. Interesting. So, right. There wasn't like a, a level of commitment there that you would expect if she was really um, immersed in the idea. And the more that I kind of dive into this subject, the more I understand the trajectory that she was on and how common yeah. it is, especially for teenage girls mm-hmm. to question, yeah. right. To question their orientation. But then on top of that, if they, if they say that they're um, attracted to other girls, it's no longer acceptable. Hmm. If you're attracted to other girls, you must be a boy. And so yeah. They're it's, saying that? Mm-hmm. Oh my lord. Yeah. Whew. So and and I've I've read a lot about um girls who eventually detransition or desist and they feel more at home just being a you know quote unquote butch lesbian or something like mm-hmm. that. But one time I made the mistake <laughs> of referring to my daughter as a lesbian and she was just like completely taken aback. Like, why would you call me that? And I said, really? Because you're attracted to girls. And she said, well, yeah, but that just makes me gay. And I'm like, okay, well, well, what what does she think it is? I guess if you're a, they, them, you don't have to be called a lesbian or gay. Is that it or something? No, because she doesn't do that. She doesn't do the, they, them thing anymore. Um, and she's, she's completely abandoned that. in fact, like she's, she now really, really understands like the, the harm that that ideology is creating in our society, particularly for women. But I think the, the lesson that she was kind of taught from her peers was that lesbians don't exist. And, you know, I mean, I'm, I'm probably preaching to the converted, but there, there's a certain sect where it's like, if you're a lesbian and trans women are women, if you are not attracted to a trans woman and you do not tolerate a penis on a woman, then you're transphobic. And like the last thing that a kid wants to be called is a bigot, a racist, a homophobe, a transphobe, any of that. So there was just this, the stigma attached to just being a same sex attracted girl. Wow. What the hell? I haven't heard that one yet so complicated and so i know my brain just broke i was like what (laughs) um it's interesting i find it very interesting that she went to you as a female who's typically more sympathetic empathetic um instead of the dad that usually is like you know that dad vibe that's not not no no not happening what males can put their foot down like okay yeah just why dads are important anyway yeah (laughs) well we have a really good relationship um, we're very down to earth with each other. And, um, we're, I mean, I, I don't cross that boundary into friendship. Um, there's definitely like a hard line, but at the same time, like I, I know my kids are going to go in and out of different mm-hmm. styles and trends and, totally. um, it is friends and 
peer groups. And so I just kind of give her the, the room and the freedom to do that comfortably. But at the same time, it needs to be within reality. It needs to be yeah. within truth. Yep. I just I hate how they frame it as like what we say and, and believe and know to be true, which is basically reality is like outdated and grandma. That's like grandma believes that stuff. Like, right. I'm like, Oh my, this is such, it's such a dangerous place. And I don't know this timeline. Um, it's this pervasive thought that truth is subjective mm-hmm. and it's, it's not, I mean, biology is biology. There's no subjectivity about that. That's, that's what's great about science is that there isn't, science, you know, yeah. this, this is just objective. This is fact and fiction. Um, now, obviously there's <laughs> there, you know, we evolve and we learn, but I think we're pretty much past that point when it comes to biological sexes and yeah. chromosomes and genetics. Exactly. There was something in the film last night that stuck out to me that I hadn't thought of this. Hey there, one of the easiest and free things you can do to help on my podcast is to leave a Apple podcast review for this podcast. It is free, pretty effortless. It takes, I don't know, less than a minute out of your day. If you don't want to do that, you can support my podcast by heading to paypal.me forward slash LP foster kittens or become a monthly subscriber to my subscribe star, which is subscribestar.com forward slash distorted lens. As always, thank you so much for listening and following me on Odyssey or YouTube, subscribing, hitting the bell, because I've been told that hitting the bell helps out a lot with getting notified that I'm even posting new content. So God bless y'all and let's keep trucking on y'all. There was, uh, you know, what was the film called? Uh, Whose Children Are They? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Which is fantastic. And if you have a chance to see it, definitely see it. I'm sure they'll have it streaming at some point. Um, Didn't know Charlie Kirk was like the co-producer or whatever. I was like, awesome. Anyway, it was uh, this story. I don't know if there's a parent telling the story or whatnot, but a little girl taking a bath and she caught her reflection in like the, I don't know, some uh, silver thing, whatever in the bathtub and her hair was slicked back and the kids started, I don't know, crying or freaking out being like, I don't want to be a boy. Um, because apparently one of the kids, I think in that same um, kids class was a girl and is now pretending to be a boy. And like all the kids that see that, that are in like elementary school, number one, don't know what the hell is going on at all. Number two, they're just, I'm sure I don't even know going along with it being like, I don't know. I just pure confusion. I have to assume, but I haven't thought about the angle of kids being mortified. Like, Oh my God, I'm going to be changed into a boy. If you're a girl. And if you're a boy (gasps) at some point, I'm going to have to change it to the opposite. I don't want to do that. Like, I just, I was like, Oh my God, I haven't even thought of that angle at all. And that I horrifying. Yeah. In the film, uh, Whose Children Are They is the name of the film. And it's it's about a number of different subjects within the framework of education, public education in particular, um, and how the, the focus has changed from academics into social justice. Um, and it's driven mostly by left-leaning unions. And some of it is very blatant. Um, in that particular situation, the parents of a kindergarten age boy and the administrators at the school planned a coming out party for this boy where he would show up at school in his boy clothes, change into a dress, come into the classroom and announce, I'm a girl, and um, ask everybody to start calling him. By I'm his sure film on TikTok and get all the 
accolades or whatever. Right. Yeah. Go ahead. Um, and then one of the classmates, the, the girl you're talking about on the bathtub was just, I mean, it's scary You to, to yeah. think that everything you understand to be true is not, and that it's affirmed by the adults in the room. Yeah. Is, Why aren't you happy? Is, Clap. Yay. Right. So it's like this solid object theory, right? Solid mm-hmm. object theory is basically like you got the kids out here that are just like, they're too young. Their frontal lobes are not completely formed. They're looking for routine and mm-hmm. um, truth. And so they latch onto the solid object. The adults mm-hmm. are supposed to be the solid object, but mm-hmm. instead adults have turned into the, <laughs> the, the same as the kids <laughs> where mm-hmm. there's, there's no understanding. There's no routine. There's no expectations. There's no boundaries. Um, and that is a really scary time for a kid to, to grow up and to develop because yeah. where do you look for um, authority? Your school is telling you not to talk to your parents and your parents are completely in the dark until something you know cat- catastrophic pops up or until suddenly you notice that you're, I don't know, there's a breast binder in the mail or something like that. Yeah. It's, you know, this, these things happen to completely shake your entire worldview. And then the parent has no idea what to do and who to seek uh, guidance from. And everybody out there who is trained to treat this is told and is pressured to affirm. Only. And it's, this one area of medicine where you can just walk in, self-diagnose, and the only the only route is to quote unquote affirm. Yeah, medicalize. Yeah. You can't even question it. Like that's not allowed. Literally not written in their clause or whatever. Which is crit- I mean, that's absurd. Yeah. You're criticized, you're disinvited, your your research is retracted. It's not it's not rebutted, it's retracted. So you aren't even allowed to have a scientific opinion or a medical opinion or share anecdotal evidence because then you're completely pushed out of your realm. Yeah, you're you're shattering what everyone, well, not everyone, but a lot of people know to be an absolute lie, um, a total scandal. You know, they can't have that because it is such an easy thing to pry into and crack you know, the facade, it is so easy. Yeah. That's why I have to shut down any sort of anything. Right. I mean, it's, it's, it's interesting that your daughter uh, really had that moment to, you know, I guess light bulb go off. And I feel like there's a lot of really easy phrases that, you know, listen to a, a 30 minute or even less than Matt Walsh talk about this. <laughs> and it's like, yes. And I, I just, you know, I watched his uh, Georgia Tech thing last night and I'm like, I just imagined blaring that or having him say that in front of all those kids at that rally on Sunday, I feel Mm -hmm. like a lot of them would, I don't know, probably reject it at first, but then go home and sit on it and be like, damn, because it's so true. And it's so right. right. And I hate saying right side of the history or whatnot, but um, I don't know. These poor children, they really, they really are misguided. And it's like, I remember you said at the rally thing, I want to protect trans kids too. Like no one, we're not out here being like death to trans kids or, Like what? Like your your rights? I mean, your rights matter as long as they don't supersede or totally shadow women's rights. Hello. 
Well, yeah, there's that perspective. And that's actually what was the initial driver for me is like this idea of consent and, um, you know, a woman's right or a girl's right to a safe space to, to change clothes or whatever. And these girls' parents were being told if your daughter is not comfortable with the boy coming into the dressing room, she needs to find somewhere else to change. And so suddenly it became this idea that the squeakier wheel is going to get the grease. So that the, the biological boy's parents had said, asking him to use a gender neutral bathroom, which I feel is a very logical, um, you know, benign ask. They went to the administration and said, that's discrimination. And it's (laughs) what, right. And it's, written into our school board policy, essentially from our Texas Association of School Boards, taxpayer funded lobby that feeds these policies into the school districts. We, you cannot discriminate based on gender identity. So everyone is so fearful of retribution and you know lawsuits or complaints or ACLU or whatever that we all have to adapt or die essentially like this has become the most exalted, the most protected class of people. And in reality, they're not a class at all. They're besides being children who are either male or female, we don't trust kids under 18 to vote. We don't trust kids under 16 to drive. They can't serve in the military. They can't buy a gun. They can't, you know, you'd be, you'd be hard pressed to find a woman who is uh, an adult in her twenties to be able to walk into a gynecologist's office and ask for a tubal ligation. They'll tell her no. What is that? Is that tubal ligation is having your tubes tight. Oh, okay. (laughs) If you haven't had, if you're in your twenties and you haven't had kids, Hmm. a doctor will not perform that surgery for you. If really? you really, how old are you supposed to, or how old do you have to be for that? I have no it's idea. typically not an age. They want you to have had at least one child. Um, really? Right. There's That's no the way. Standard. Is that still in like place? Mm-hmm. Interesting. Yeah. I guess that doesn't matter because they're, they're, uh, I feel like they're obviously targeting the younger generation and the kids that are already sterilizing themselves. So they're right. taking care of it anyway. So, but, and you can't just walk in as an adult and say, you know, I have really painful periods and I would prefer not to have that process at all. Can you give me an effectomy and a hysterectomy? The gynecologist will say no, but we're doing this to children. It doesn't make any logical sense whatsoever. And the reason that the doctor will say no is because what if, and this is, you know, if you're doing an elective hysterectomy, what if five years from now you decide I want to have a kid? Wow. Yeah, exactly. Good God almighty. None of it yeah. makes sense. It's satanic. One of the, the, the good things about that AG opinion is that um, one of the larger hospital systems, and I'm, I fail to recall the name, which one it was, they opted to stop doing mastectomies on uh, young girls hmm. because not because they realized it was the moral thing to do or the ethical thing to do because their malpractice insurer dropped them. <laughs> Hilarious. Yeah. Double mastectomies. My God. Oh, 
It's horrifying. God, right. it's so unnecessary. Like yeah. beyond sick mutilation. You can't even call it mutilation. People get all offended and butthurt over that. I'm like, um, it is. I don't care right. if you get upset. Like people have got to start standing up for the truth and stating and saying things for what they really are. I'm so tired of, um, you know, my husband and I were again, the Matt Walsh Georgia tech thing, uh, William mm -hmm. Thomas, uh, yeah. you know, these women that are still competing against him. He was like, what the whole, what needs to happen is all the women need to, you know, either jump in the pool and not move or just stand there and, you know, and I'm like, why isn't just one woman? I mean, I know why, I guess, which I can't even really fathom it, but all because you don't want to lose your scholarship or everything you've worked for, which I get. I understand that. It's horrible. But I'm like, somebody has got to be the one to do this. I mean, you know, as Matt Walsh was saying, he can't imagine it. It would go on any longer if women kept, you know, we're doing that. Well, they the didn't, didn't compete. And he's out there swimming by himself. People would be like, I mean, it would just be an uproar. It'd be, it would make news. So the, some of the parents have, you know, they, they did an open letter to the NCAA. Um, I think eight of the swimmers linked arms and stood by the pool in protest and silent protest. Um, and USA swimming appeared to change their policy or to adopt a policy that would exclude will thomas from competing but the policy doesn't go into effect until next competing season and the what? policy is that you have to be on wrong sex hormones for 36 months he's at about yeah he's at about 33 months which means he can continue to compete this season and by next season he will have surpassed that 36 months and he can compete <laughs> They know what they're doing. They don't care. No, they know exactly what they're doing. They don't care to like make it fair in any capacity. Oh, like linking arms, like protesting. I'm like, that doesn't. I I, I didn't hear about it. You know, it's just. It was ridiculous. the um, the mom who spoke anonymously to I think it was Women's Declaration International. She talked about how they linked arms. Um, she had written to the ACLU, and the ACLU said we would never. Give we people. would never um, represent a cis woman against a trans woman. Wow, this is like total everyone, you know, ACLU's MRA, men's rights activists. All this mm -hmm. is like men's rights. Yay. Stop saying like, I hate I'm, uh, TW. Like, stop saying that shit. You are protecting men, annihilating yeah. women's everything. Like, everything. You don't see what you're fucking doing. It's ridiculous. Pardon my French, whatever. You guys know my cuss. It's like it is a man's feeling over a whole, you know, a, say a room of a hundred women, one man being like, but me. And then everyone goes, Oh, well, okay. Right. And it's Dr. Levine absurd. is now um, being considered for woman of the year. I mean, we, it's, it's at every again, you know, USA, single level mm -hmm. of our achievements. Um, you know, the thing is whether or not, Will Thomas takes hormones, whether or not he ever has surgery to create like a, a fake tunnel, whatever he chooses <laughs> thank you to for do. Saying that. Thank you for, yeah, thank you. Yeah. I'm not saying neo vagina. I'm like, it's not a fucking vagina. Why are you saying <laughs> vagina? Anything. Why are you calling yourself a woman? Anything like, oh, no God. matter what he, his training has been different. 
Yes. He's competed against nothing but males in the past. He's trained with nothing but males. He's had a different level of training because men's sports and women's sports are pretty divergent in that way. Um, and he's gone through puberty. Yeah. So he he's very much a very settled man. No matter what he chooses cosmetically, he's a very settled man. And settled, yeah. I was like, what's the word? They said subtle. I was like, Ugh. oh no, no, he's not subtle. <laughs> Those <laughs> pictures, woo, yeah. And that, that draw, everything. Maybe see from a mile away, yeah. That French cut one piece. That's quite <laughs> enough. Um, so yeah, I mean, it's it's something that we need to. And I, I typically am a pretty small government person, but. Mm. If we're talking about the very fundamental existence of government to be to protect the liberties of of its people, of you know its constituents, mm-hmm. well, the liberty to procreate is huge. The the, the right to reproduce. Um, if we want to talk about reproductive rights. That's the fundamental one right there. Mm-hmm. Um, and so when you're allowing doctors to um, malpractice for the sake of ideology over best interests or, you know, do no harm or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. We, there's, there's definitely a place for government to step in there. And if we're talking about government funded competition, um, athletic competition, such as UIL or NCAA, these public universities, then we have a, a responsibility to step in and say, okay, Title IX exists for a reason. Um, We can argue about its validity, but Title IX does exist for a reason and is not for gender identity. Because at the time that Title IX was instituted, that honestly just did not exist. Mm -hmm. Um, And if it did, it was such a rare phenomenon. And you want to go back and talk to, you know... It still is rare, I'd say. But yeah, I get what you're saying. That, That... that certain small portion of the population that was considered at the time to be a transsexual. Yeah. Right. They look at this and think, what the F is going on? Yeah, exactly. A hundred percent. So can we talk about vaccine stuff? Because you had an involvement with some sort of film I heard and I was like, what? Uh, So yeah. Talk about that if you want. So uh, 2014 or 15, I became involved with um, a company called Autism Media Channel, and they uh, mostly produced like short videos about um, kids and adults who were vaccine injured in some way. Mm-hmm. Um, not all autism, nothing like that. It was it was started as Autism Media Channel because one of the two of the founders had a kid that had autism and mm-hmm. they were shining the light on some of the comorbid conditions. But anyways, it kind of shifted into um, the crooked research that goes behind the statement that's been used ad nauseum forever, which is they're hundred percent safe and effective. Um, and it was trying to shine a light also on, you know, the 1986 law that, um, shielded pharmaceutical companies from any sort of liability, financial liability for harm. Hmm. Um, So from that, uh, the movie Vaxxed was born. There was um, some Freedom of Information Act uh, documents that came out about research and and a CDC doctor who was um, one of the writers on those papers came out 
to as a whistleblower saying that they had a, a statistically significant signal in their research about specifically um, young black males who were given the MMR and some uh, downstream effects. Mm-hmm. So CDC whistleblower, William Thompson, I feel like I've got the name wrong, but um, Vaxxed was kind of born of that, those revelations. And um, I was a research assistant on that film, traveling to DC and speaking to um, legislators, Senator Cruz, um, Congressman Louis Gohmert and others about the need for um, better research and more accountability at the CDC. Um, fast forward to COVID in 2020. <laughs> um, well, and and also I'm kind of skipping over a huge thing, which was in 2015, um, a Texas legislator attempted to pass or file a bill that would have removed the um, philosophical and conscientious exemptions to childhood vaccines for public school entry. So myself and two other moms got involved and didn't know anything about state legislation, but I went to the Capitol nearly every day that session, knocked on doors, testified at hearings. And from that, um, Texans for Vaccine Choice was um, be- became one of the biggest and most influential single issue groups in the state. But yes, fast forward to 2020 and COVID and everything is at warp speed. You know, the mandates, the, the harm, the the fast tracking, the COVID vaccine approval, things like that have become so central to our lives and our like knowledge of corruption and doubts about what the government is um, suggesting and recommending for us, you know, masks and shutdowns and everything. So I think people are now, thankfully, much more awake than they were in 2014, 2015, much more tolerant of questioning these things than they ever were. Mm-hmm. Um, and I am really proud of the work that I did then. And I hope to continue um, as a legislator. So when you were doing that film, or what was your opinion about vaccines then? Um, I guess before you started doing that film and then during, like, did anything change? Like, no, I mean, I've had, I had begun, I had begun like questioning, um, the schedule at the very least when I was pregnant with my second child, Mm -hmm. just kind of seeing in total, you know, how many antigens are pushed into a small body and for what purpose. And am I really fearful of diphtheria, things like that. Um, and, and does unvaccinated mean unhealthy and does Mm -hmm. vaccinated mean healthy? And you start to question all these things and, so this, the seeds of doubt were planted and I just kept diving in and, and I just became more and more skeptical. Um, but my biggest thing is, you know, question them, don't question them, whatever, shoot yourself up to death. I don't, you know, whatever you want to do with your own body, that is your choice as a human, as an American, especially, this is something that is so personal. And whenever there is risk, there needs to be choice. There, there should never be a mandate about any sort of um, procedure. And, and vaccines are a medical procedure. So we have to be really conscious of the fact that these, these come with risk, just like any 
pharmaceutical product or surgery or anything like that. Did anything else make you skeptical, like prior to the vaccine stuff? Like, do you remember, have you always been skeptical about stuff or like anything? No, <laughs> no. Oh. Um, you know, my, my oldest, when she was four, she got the whole set of vaccines, which I think was eight, including a flu shot. All at once? Uh, yeah. Oh, when she was crap. four months old, she got a total of eight as well. And she wound up in the ER that night. And I just didn't. So I, you know, you retro, like hindsight, it's 2020. So you, yeah. when you start putting things in perspective, it's kind of like, Oh God. And then there was this, and then there was that. Um, but it's all correlative, right? There's nothing, um, in documentation that's, that's, um, corroborated by a physician or anything. I've spoken to plenty, but none will go on the record. So mm. it's a futile effort. Wow. That's fascinating. Yeah. I mean, I've heard so many issues or people being, you know, vaccine injured by the current back or one of the current vaccines. The doctor is just being like, Oh, you're just stressed. Like totally right. gaslighting them to hell. Like right. um, actually getting an honest answer or having someone again, this is kind of seeing a parallel here of people not even wanting to question it or yeah, you know, same thing with the trans thing. Like, Right. Not allowed to even put that in your mind. And this is so reminiscent of like 1984 or these uh, sci-fi things, which, yeah, those are definitely like some sort of predictor. Um, There's tons of parallel there. There's just a lot of like, don't question it. You're not mm -hmm. allowed to question it. It's for your greater good. And um, you just, I mean, everybody wants to think that these pharmaceutical companies are acting in our best interest when they yeah. actually have absolutely no motivation to do so. None. They're a corporation. Yeah. I mean, isn't the left supposed to be so anti-capitalism? They're the most capitalist <laughs> companies that we That's have. Hilarious. Yep. Good point. Mm, they're off fighting their own little uh, misguided, I don't know, parade, whatever. Right. Um, I don't know. What else is there to talk about? I'm trying to think here. Are you talking about school board? Yes. Yes. Go for it. I know. <laughs> yep. I'm still learning all this school stuff. I'm like, okay, union's bad. Like I didn't even, right. I've heard of unions with the whole acting stuff, but I'm close about so much of this stuff. So it's, it's been fascinating. These films coming out and uh, I, are they only doing these screenings like in the Austin area? I'm like, I feel like, I just feel like Austin is this hub of wonder and truth and massive controversy in a really good way. Like there's so many righteous people. There's just so much God here first off, which is amazing. Like right. total God's country. And I, I love this. I'm like, whoa, another film? What's going on? This is amazing. Um, Whose Children Are They um, aired last night in cities around the country. Mm -hmm. So we had Cedar Park, Pflugerville, and then there were a few in Dallas. There were some in Houston. Um, I'm not really sure how it was arranged. Mind Polluters is being arranged in a different way because we have yeah. to find our own venues. Um, but both of them kind of uncover, they like peel that top layer of the onion about what's being taught in our schools, the things that parents are kind of waking up to right now and understanding how important um, local school board elections are and how impactful your school board is. Um, one thing that I really liked about that movie last night is that um, Corey DeAngelis, I think, was the one who was talking about it, how School public school population has increased 7%. The number of teachers has increased 8%. The number of assistant principals and principals, 30%. The number of administrative staff, 75? so we're talking about 
Yeah, 75%. For Remember, I wrote that down because like, that's a big number. That's huge. And mm -hmm. you look in my school district, Round Rock Independent School District um, in Williamson County, Texas, which is just north of Austin. Um, our superintendent and assistant superintendent salaries have exploded over the last decade while we've had almost zero change in student population. Yeah. From the last superintendent to the current superintendent, there was an increase, um, a salary increase of 85%. Our current superintendent makes a base salary of $350,000 a year with bonuses and, um, you know, phone allowance, car allowance. Mm -hmm. He makes as much as the president of the United States. So they're, they're like mini elites. What? As much as the president? Mm -hmm. Oh my God. Yeah. They totally are elite. They don't give a yeah. flying F about you. Something happens. I mean, money, root of all evil, whatever. Something happens when people get that amount of money. They, I mean, I, I guess not always, but I think it's human condition will just turn you evil. Yeah. I mean, Maybe I think it's, it, yeah. I know that they can make the argument like we have to be competitive in order to get, you know, talent, but I I question whether or not we got any talent for the amount of money that we're paying within seven months of him being hired. He was placed on paid administrative leave. He's been on paid administrative leave for Is this the Aziz guy? Yes. Oh, for two oh. months. So making thirty thousand dollars a month to do nothing. Oh my God. Yep. So <laughs> the guy that has a miss or I don't know if he still does, but had a mistress, knocked her up, was like, You better abort that baby, went over there beat her up, try to abort the baby. And then Allegedly. he's still sitting. Yeah. Oh, whatever. Oh yeah. Just say that word, whatever. This is going to Odyssey, YouTube, whatever. And shove off. Um, <laughs> yeah. And just, I love how he sits up there in the school board meetings, which last God knows too many hours, just all smiling and like, I'm doing my job, like putting on that. It's all theater. It's total theater. Yeah. You know? Um, and we just need in this district, we just need some closure on it. Like, Mm. fire him or reinstate him, make a decision so that we can yep. focus on something else because we have had, I can't even tell you. I'm sure it's a great distraction for them. Eight or nine school board meetings just on this issue alone mm -hmm. since December. Um, but yeah. yeah and not. you know, it's, it's, that's not, that's just the, the top of the iceberg here yep. in Round Rock. We've had parents arrested We've had um, my daughter, my teenage daughter was threatened with physical removal because she was sitting on the floor during a board meeting next to me only because there were only a dozen chairs from us for us to choose from. And she was in line to speak. Mm, uh, wow. And that's what prompted her to be like, no, I can't go to the school anymore. Um, wow, we've had, you know, almost anything and everything but student outcomes be the focus of our school board meetings. And these school board meetings go on for eight plus hours. Yeah. Somebody got butthurt about being BCC or someone forwarding an email. I was like, well, oh, yeah. I, I, I'm I don't sure know what laws about that, but, but yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I know I had the same anyway. Yeah. I was BCC. So in the, what happened? <laughs> What happened was somebody suggested that I do a public information request for an email that was within a certain certain date range. In the execution of my public information request, they found an email where myself and dozens of other people were um, BCC'd on an email 
unsolicited. Uh, we didn't request the information. It was just kind of yep. a BCC, a completely blind blindside copy. Yep. Um, and that became like a huge deal. And and there's a little bit of a misunderstanding about my the role that I played in that, which was basically nothing. Like I didn't mm-hmm. I didn't ask for that email, and I didn't ask for them to dredge up that email. There was this, it was just. Are you getting flack for that or something? Um, just because you it's were been busy. mentioned a couple of times, you know, you know how Twitter is. Oh, Twitter. Yeah. Really? Oh, yeah. God. Yeah. Yeah. Ridiculous. It's fine. I yeah. turn off notifications. Exactly. They, they want to get you upset or have you go just, even if you were like, I have nothing to do with it. You're, you're still playing into their game. Right. So, right. Don't so I just don't respond. Exactly. No. And somebody, you know, a friend of mine is running for, um, a local elected office. And she texted me and she was like, what do you do when people call you oh, these names like racist or bigot or misogynist oh, even, or, and I said, I just don't do anything. Like I know what I am. I'm confident in what I am. I'm confident that I'm not any of those things. Yep. So I, it doesn't insult me. It doesn't bother me. It doesn't rattle my cage. I just move on. That's them and, throwing the lure out. You're not supposed right. to grab it. Like, I mean, that the one woman at the uh, Capitol steps talking about how she questioned something and she was called a racist and whatnot on Facebook. Mm. And she was like, oh, I let them have it or something. And I'm like, don't let them have it. Like, don't even. I mean, I know that's really easier said than done, obviously, but these people, I, it's, it's like a Kafka trap. If you if you deny that you're racist, then you're somehow racist. If, you're, if you deny you're a bigot, you're still a bigot because you're denying whatever. It's like the same right. kind of argument with the whole um, you're, col- you're colorblind. You know, you don't see color in people. Like, well, if you don't see color, then you're not addressing the, the black man or whatever. Just whatever that whole thing is. It's like that's not right. even what that's supposed to mean at all. But these people just wiggle their way in to and find some magical, not even magical, just some ridiculous, obscure. It's like that's not what I'm talking about at all. Well, if you talk to my teenager, right, she'll tell you straight up like we joke about it all the time you know if you say something that we find we want to pretend is offensive oh my god you're racist yes oh you're racist like that's mm-hmm. the answer to everything so it's it's become a joke for teenagers if it's a joke Good. for teenagers then i'm not gonna take it seriously yeah seriously exactly <laughs> amen and uh, believe me having questioned vaccine science for seven plus years i've been called every name in the book i've had all the hate mail it's fine throw yeah. it at me Exactly. I know. It's one of those things that the more you get called something silly, it just doesn't affect you, especially the whole phobe thing. I mean, yeah, you should know what you are and stand in your truth. And these people can say whatever they want. They can exhaust themselves out and turn blue in the face. It's fine. Go for it. Have at it. Literally doesn't, it should, it should do nothing. Right. And there's things like you want to have a difference of opinion. That's great, Mm -hmm. but let's not have a difference of truth because there is no such thing. Right. There's, There just isn't. And if you want to argue, you know, what was Allie B. Stuckey? Are you familiar with her? Yep. She had a great quote and I I will repeat it. Like I'll die on that hill, but biology Mm -hmm. is not bigotry. Period. Mm -hmm. Um, If I want to sit there and say like, no matter what kind of surgery you have, you will never be the other sex. That's not bigotry. And that's not hate. That's mm-hmm. just simple fact. Yes. And, you know, if you want to go by a different name, fine. Mm-hmm. Everybody, not everybody, but a lot of people change their names. Mm-hmm. 
But if you want to go, if you want to enter into a sport or competition or something like that with my daughter, you better be a female. Yes. Plus I'm like, well, uh, sports thing aside, I, I don't want men in women's bathrooms. No. Before we moved here, there was a, a party, a holiday party that my husband and I went to in San Francisco. And the bathroom was gender neutral, like a huge long one with like 20 stalls automatically. I'm like, oh God. So we're going home and getting on the bus to be you know, driven back to the uh, South Bay. And, you know, you, you, go, you go pee in bathrooms, you go poop, change your tampon, whatever. It's just, you know, things that not glamorous, obviously. And I'm leaving my stall and this guy like hits on me and I'm like, this is a bathroom. Oh, and it, yeah. it was just, you know, it's, 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 I'm like, dude, I don't want this kind of shit. Like you go to the bathroom as a woman, you, you know, female talk, you put your makeup on lips and men are like one track mind, penis, penis, penis. You're like standing here. I didn't, I'm like, I don't even want to re- reapply my lipstick and give them like a show while the men are waiting in line in the bathroom. Like, like, I don't want to do anything that will arouse these like hyenas, like they're anything. Right. And, you know, I'm wearing like a, not even a dress actually, but I'm like, this is not the place. And of course I ran out there like screaming like a maniac being like, ah, fuck this shit. Oh, <laughs> it's just I don't, like, get, we don't want you in our spaces. I do not want you in your space. Why do you, why are you not respecting my, why does my feeling not matter? Why is right. your feeling is the only one that matters? The assumption is when you go into a bathroom that you have a certain level of privacy and a certain level of comfort. And there's already enough shame attached to women doing things that humans do in a bathroom, you know, like nobody wants to talk about a period and nobody wants to talk about girls pooping and whatever. So it's like you, you throw a, does anyone have a tampon? Like like what? Or like whatever it is. Like I, I, you talk about your cramps, you talk about whatever embarrassing stories. Talk about men. Right. You go in there to talk about the crappy date that you're on. Yeah. Whatever. Like there's, there's an assumption of privacy and comfort. And when you take that away from women, it's like, you might as well just tell them that they're not welcome anymore, period. In their own spaces, um, yeah. Right. And it, it's, it's a shame. Like you're also telling them not to listen to their instincts, which have so provided dangerous. for their survival for thousands and thousands of years. Like there's a mm-hmm. reason we have these red flags go up. And which is why I suspect that women are easier at clocking and be able to, de- to detect that a man is pretending to be a woman because men I've found I've like, like, Oh, it's a, it's a, it's a chick. I'm like, that's a freaking dude. Like <laughs> men are not able to detect it. I think it's because women are the baby makers and they have to carry on human life. And they have to, we have to, de- we have that fight or yeah. flight, super sincere instinct immediately. That's a dude. Right. Mother's intuition, female intuition. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you don't see the the opposite tree. You don't see women who identify as males fighting to be in male spaces. And there's a reason for that. They're as vulnerable as women. And I'm not saying that to say that people who have gender dysphoria are an increased risk to women. I'm saying that the door that they open by fighting for um, equity in private spaces is the door that becomes open to literally anyone, Any. right? So maybe my kid isn't going to be, um, you know, violated by someone who truly has gender dysphoria. However, we don't have a standard for that. We don't have no a standard either. definition at all. So if you can't define what a woman is, you can't define what a man is because you can't define what a trans person is. 
gender fluidity exists, whatever, it's a free for all. And statistically, men are the ones that perpetrate these crimes against women and boys. Yeah. I'm the There's one just that no way around it. I wasn't hitting on the men. The men hit on me. I mean, I just, this is such an obvious thing. Right. Men are the, a lot of them, are, they're the majority of the rapists, violent aggressors. Like men just, men are men. Right. Not and, all men, and, obviously, whatever. Fuck off. I hate that he even said that, but I mean, come on, seriously? Oh, right. women rape too. I'm like, God, just. <laughs> anyway, sorry. As rare as, as an intersex person. Um, but you, I mean, you saw at that school board meeting where the, the subject came up and the immediate, the, the vitriol out of the other side was you're trying to say that trans people do. No, that's ex not exactly, not even at all what I'm trying to say. I'm saying statistically, if you want to look at crime statistics, you want to look at the danger posed by women and by men. Overwhelmingly, it is men on women, whether they know each other or they don't, whether it's, you know, acquaintance rape, stranger rape, peeping Tom, whatever. Yep. I'm not standing outside of a men's bathroom trying to peek in. Exactly. I like how you <laughs> spurt out like autistic sounding phrases and you clarify it. <laughs> so thank you for that. Yeah, no problem. Uh, well, I mean, is there anything else you'd like to discuss? It's an uh, open table here, man. No, man, we're, we're the state of Texas is, let's be honest, the state of Texas is a target. Oh, yeah. By the left at um, the federal level. Um, you know, AOC came here recently and was like, Texas is going to turn blue. And you know what? Over my dead body. This yep. is not happening. Ooh. And I have lots of love for every person who comes to our state seeking refuge from tyrannical policies in other states. But yes, like yourself and <laughs> like most Californians I've met, mm -hmm. um, I just... There are things, you know, I'm a fifth generation Texan and I've moved all over the country, but I always come back to my home because this is where I feel most free and comfortable. And I want other people to feel free and comfortable. 100%. And in order to achieve that, I need the government out of my damn life. And um, having more government intervention is just not going to, to be the answer. I don't need the government to keep adults safe. I, you know, nope. they need to protect the most vulnerable people and uh, keep my taxes low, <laughs> <laughs> teach my children or allow me to get them taught properly somewhere else. Yeah. Of my choosing. Mm -hmm. Awesome. Yeah. yeah. Well, Michelle, thank you so much for coming on and thank you for all the work that you do. God bless you. Um, do you have any social media where the people can find you or anything? Yeah, Michelle Evans for Texas.com, uh, Michelle Evans for TX on Instagram, and Michelle Evans on Facebook. Awesome. Fantastic. Crazy. All right. Well, till next time, party people. Thank you. Hey, hey. Hey, if you got anything out of this video, if you've enjoyed my podcast at any point in time, if you learn anything, show your support by donating to my PayPal. It would mean the world to me. I really appreciate all the support, donations, and purchases from my shop on my website, which is lindsayplatotionart.com forward slash shop. You can buy some handmade goodies. So go shop, shop, shop. Fill them baskets. As always, thank you for supporting my work and I don't know, 
take it easy. Mm-hmm.